Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 288. My name is John Morgan, and Oscar Willis, from the World Award-nominated The Mac Life, is with me. Do you think once October ends, which is when they're meant to give out the award, we have to, like, assume I didn't win? Well, I mean, I'm not going to assume anything, <laughs> sir. I mean, it's such a fantastic, the, the Mac Life is incredible, so, uh, no. And, and then you know what? You're still World award Nominated. That's I true. mean, even if you don't collect it, the nomination never goes away. That's the next tattoo. <laughs> the nomination just never goes cr- away? Just across the chest. <laughs> nominated 2020. We are here on Fight Island, as you may know by now. We are settling in for week two of five, and of course, more specifically than Fight Island. If you've listened to the MMA Roadshow before, as we've come to you live from Abu Dhabi, you know where we're at. We're at Stills. We're at the office right here. The, the table is set. The frosty beverages have been served. It is a wonderful Thursday afternoon. By the way, it's cooling down a little bit, man. It it is, man. Be, you, you got out on a little bike ride this morning. It's a, it's a nice Thursday. It's uh, I tell you what, man. I don't know if when we came here for Khabib versus Poirier, we were in the, the midst of a heat wave or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because it was right about this time. It definitely was. And, and the... Um, it's been kind of night and day with the weather, you know. It's it's really not that humid. It's a nice little breeze out there today. You know? oh, it's it's pleasant. Makes you, makes you think of time's gone past, John. Makes you think of the good old days, you know, that <laughs> soft, soft summer breeze. But no, it's really nice, and um, yeah, I can't actually complain. I try. I, so nice as the weather. I even tried to get a tan. I've actually got no, purposely didn't. walked out of the room and thought I'm going to tan today. Oh my god! Now gosh. I did not. But the effort was there. I'm going to advise against that, sir. Yeah, I forgot my sunscreen as well. I forgot my sunscreen, and then everything in this country is $3,000. So <sighs> I bought sunscreen for $80, not $80, 80 dirham, which is like $20. Lost it that day. So I'm back where I started. Jesus. I would say, I, you know, as far as enjoying, like I said, the weather's been nice. Um, it's not quite as crazy as it was last time. I think like it was just kind of hectic because everybody was learning the system and figuring it all Including out. Including the people here. Including That's true. And now I feel like everybody's just kind of in their routine. Yeah. So I feel like it's a lot less hectic. And I will say this, um, maybe two because – well, first of all, let's say week two last time we were in the, we were starting two events, right? So that's a part of it. We don't have that. But I will say this. like I feel like the jet lag is gone. I don't have that. I will say this, though. I never really figured out the sleep last time. Yeah. And I still haven't figured out the sleep this time. I'm basically just like grabbing little bits and pieces when I can. Yeah, for me, I, I just – yeah, I just sleep when I feel like sleeping, <laughs> basically. I think, you know, I think if that's your mindset and attitude, you kind of – you can roll with it. And I think this time, because the fight night is on, this, there's, there's only sat, Saturday right. fight nights. It's not like last time where you kind of, kind of fucked from fight night, then straight into media day, and it just kind of were left overtired. It's been kind of pleasant. Yeah, a couple it's of days. kind of pleasant. So I was th- before we get into the fights, and we'll definitely get into the fights, I'll say this. The one thing I like about uh, working in this part of the world, especially, like you said, this is a lot more slow paced than last time. So I think we're really like kind of – I feel like we're basically living here this time. Yes. Well, last time, week two was survival skills. <laughs> um I like the, the – here's the pro of working on this side of the world. When you wake up, everyone in North America is asleep, basically. Yeah. So you start doing work. You're, you're, you put in – there's no emails coming in. The yeah. slack isn't going off. There's no Skype budging. There's no te- – you know what I mean? Like, you just get some peace and quiet. And it's really, really nice. The flip side <laughs> is that when you're ready to go to bed and yeah. you're, you're starting to lay down and try to grab you a little bit of sleep, yeah. ding, ding, yeah. ding. And it certainly <laughs> felt like that 
to the extreme this week, John. <laughs> oh, jeez, I don't know what could be happening. It just must be a busy week uh, yeah, over there yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. All right, let's see. UFC 253, of course, was the big one that started off this five-week run. And uh, we talked about that, of course, on the end half episode over at Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. So if you want to get the in-depth discussion on what we thought immediately after the fight, please make sure you go over there and check that out. But what I wanted to do was just kind of revisit it briefly because – those top two fights especially, you know, the, the two title fights, I feel like there was a lot of trying to understand exactly what we'd witnessed, exactly what was going on, and exactly what the implications are. And I want to just kind of revisit briefly and see if, you, if, if, if anything has changed in your takeaway um, from those top two fights. Because I do feel like in the beginning, not that everybody was just trying to just say, Costa had a terrible night, terrible game yeah. plan, terrible whatever, you know. But I do feel like – Especially, you know, in talking to everybody, because, you know, we still got lots of people here on, on, on Fight Island. We're talking to fighters. We're talking to other people. In finding out what everybody thinks, I, I do think that maybe as we've had a little bit more time to go revisit the fight, I still think Costa kind of laid a little bit of an egg, but I don't think you can put it entirely on his shoulders, man. When you really go back and watch the subtleties of what Adesanya was doing in there, I think you really have to have some appreciation for what he was doing. And that's exactly how I feel as well. I rewatched the fight, and... Uh Whereas I think immediately post-fight, we sort of thought Costa is going to wake up and regret that tomorrow. You know, he didn't try and rush in. I think if you go back and rewatch it, he did. Like, he was trying to get there. But right. if you go back and just watch Adesanya, every single movement of the shoulder, Costa reacted. So as, as soon as – and because Izzy was so fast, as soon as Costa went to throw a punch, Izzy would faint and he'd just stop immediately. Right. Do I think – that negates the fault he has for kicking instead of punching at the end of the cage. I was going to say, that's the, that's the moments you can't take away. The moments where he had actually worked himself into position. He got it, and we mentioned it on the and a half as well, but I'm <laughs> sticking by that. The moment that he got himself in a position where he's like, okay, I've cut off the cage, yeah. I have him stuck, and then you lead with a kick. And that allowed, that allowed Adesanya out to the side very easily both times he had him there. Those were still very much failures on Costa's part. Yeah, very much failures. And, and in hindsight... Uh, inexcusable failures you know yes. Adesanya's ability as a kickboxer is just ridiculous to even try to do that so I think if uh, if I was Costa I'd be disappointed about that now we've had a few days to ruminate and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that so I will say both sides have been interesting post fight right so Costa and his team have came out and said something happened before the fight that's a that's a wide net <laughs> I mean you yeah know, maybe his cock fell off we don't know <laughs> something Something happened behind I the scenes. I don't think that's what they're alluding but, to. But their, their net was wide enough that we could, you know. But I, so I mean, they didn't rule it out. They didn't rule it out. But <laughs> my, my, po my sort of point is, like, when you come up with, we don't want to make an excuse, but something happened. Um, either, ma either make the excuse or don't. If you, okay, like so, sorry. So, and I didn't mean to cut you off, yeah, but yeah. I will say this. Because some of what we're, I think, basing our feedback on as well is we had a chance to sit down with the, the analyst for this week's fight. And, I, and I'm teasing that because you don't even know this, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some of the audio we got from them later on. Um, but we had a chance to sit down. We talked to um, we talked to Paul Felder. We talked to Dan Hardy. We talked to Angela Hill. We talked to Brendan Fitzgerald. And we talked to Karen Bryant. Karen Bryant was the only one that came out and said, look, you know, Captain Eric and the team over there, they told me that, like, he wasn't sleeping well all week. And, you know, you and I have alluded to that multiple yeah. times, man. Fatigue is a problem. Who was the one that we said was really tired? Dominic Reyes, clearly <laughs> lost. Now we're hearing that, uh, you know, he, now, do, do you think it's something that simple that something happened was that he wasn't sleeping at all on fight week? I mean, I'm, you hear whispers on this island, John, and I did hear about the sleep thing. I did hear, I heard he got to the arena 
a lot later than he was meant to get there. Mm. Through transportation issues or some of his own? I believe not leaving the room sort of issues. Mm. And um, and I want to very much press. This is all speculation, but I like these are island whispers. I didn't I didn't see those cut marks on his calf at the weigh-ins. Right. So I'm, I'm sort of like, well... That's a good point. Y- you don't know. Now, yep. l- listen, d- d- he still managed to kick. You don't really do that if your calf is fucked up or something like that. So um, immediate service here still. I but, love uh, it. But uh, I, I just... I, whenever... I find it annoying because when t- teams and camps say, oh, something happened, you're leaving it open to speculation. If something happened, just come out and say it. I if, agree. If it's you, not an excuse. Just say reason. It's, it's a re- reason. It's not an excuse. It's a reason. But uh, the way they go, oh, something happened. And then, you know, Costa's sort of angle of like, well, he, you know, butt-fucked me, so that's why I deserve an immediate rematch. I don't know if Dana's going to go for that one. Yeah, I, that's not the selling point. Although I would like to see the promos of it, the video. <laughs> that's not the selling point right yeah, there. Yeah, so I just think uh, that coming out of Costa's camp has been um, a little bit disappointing, a little bit of more sort of stereotypical saltiness you get mm-hmm. from some guys who came runner-up, shall we right. say. And then from Adesanya, it's a complete 180, but the same thing. He's like so salty from Romero reaction and Paulo Costa's words that he's still going in now. We're nearly a week past it, and he's still going. All right, so let's talk about Adesanya. Um, I, I mean, let's just say it. the accusations of Gaino, basically. I mean, they, they ran oh, yes. rampant. There were suggestions on, on social media on Fight Night. Uh, I, I, I didn't – to be honest, I didn't know this was a thing leading into it. I feel kind of bad now. I guess I wasn't aware that people were – as into it, I saw in post-fight that people were very much into it. That this was an accusation. Um, I just want to, I, I just want to throw it out there. I get it. People are speculating. People see whatever. And I, I look when you go back and watch the tape. I do. I see. Okay, there is some kind of mass on his right pectoral that doesn't look natural there. Um, but I will say, man, the people that were just wholeheartedly convinced—that is clear, unmistakable evidence of of PED use. Uh, from my point of view, and I'll let you weigh in and give your thoughts. Now, now, granted, I'm I'm probably a little bit more of you know coming from the responsible journalist uh, <laughs> camp. I know that's not always necessarily <laughs> your point of view. Um, I don't think slanging accusations like that is is okay. Okay, unless you have some. Re- I understand that that seems to be some circumstantial physical evidence, yeah. visual evidence. Um, but I, to me, to, to the number of people that I saw that were just like, it's clear, it's obvious to yeah. me. I think that's crap. I, I think there's a number of things, and none of us are, are, are that level of medical you know, experts, at least I wouldn't expect it to be. But then here, so let me – that's my official journalist. Now let me take my official journalist hat off and set it and over people, to the side right here. He is physically miming yes, taking yes. a hat off. I'm taking my <laughs> physical journalist hat off, and I'm setting it over to the side. Um, the eyeball test, I'm as stupid as that is, he just doesn't look like a steroid cheater to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, what's your tip? Because again, I, I you know I spoke to the boys on Submission Radio the other day. They brought it up, and I said basically the same thing. I was like, look, I think it's a little irresponsible to sling accusations as if they're fact. Um, I do think that it needs to be addressed. Now, I think when we talked, this was like Sunday or, or, or early Monday our time. He since uh, I think did an interview with Ariel Hawani where where he was asked about it. You know, vehemently denied anything happened. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just wanted to get your take because I'll be honest, I didn't realize what a big thing this was. And then I saw a post-fight, and I shared with you, like, I just Googled it. There was, like, some YouTube video with yeah, some yeah, whackhead yeah. that was talking for, like, 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes, and I couldn't turn it off. He yeah. was just like, let me tell you why <laughs> this is. That's it was like Gianni was the Greek's, like, yeah. uh, you know, steroid-using cousin. cousin. <laughs> yeah, and it was hilarious. And I, and I was just watching it all, and he was, he was convinced. Um, 
I just I don't, a I think it's irresponsible. B just if now if I'm again if I'm just casual fan guy, I'm like, dude, that doesn't that dude doesn't look like he uses steroids. Yeah, I mean, so I did know about the conversation about going in, and I spent you know about three hours looking at every uh, picture of Israel Adesanya's peck from the last eight years. I think I just assumed you always did that. <laughs> That's I, why I, I, I don't want to waste my Sundays. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, right? gotta do but so I knew I knew about it going in, and I was curious, and then. Um, when they were in the cage, I thought it was very noticeable, and I, I and as did Twitter, evidently, like mm-hmm. all the other fighters were starting to see it and stuff like that. Uh, maybe this is wishful thinking or something like that, but I, I obviously I did consider like, well, um, that would suggest to me, if I, from what I know about Gyno, that could be a hormone imbalance. But right. then all at the same time, and I understand that everyone's going to be like, oh, a top tier athlete, so everyone's on steroids and stuff like that. But like, come on, guys, like we either believe in your side or we don't. I'm right. going to try. I've seen a lot of guys fall the fuck off since Isada came in. Israel has not. So maybe I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because I, I like Izzy. But for me, I was like, well, you don't know if there's an injury. Like if it's a, a lot of muscle tear in the pec and some fluid came in, sure, that could right. be it. You know, you don't know. And um, So I was kind of wanted to withhold judgment and see if he was asked about it. He was, I think, was correct to be asked. It was a huge talking point. Um, with Ariel, he said, you know, that um, he didn't. He, he, his girlfriend had told him to get it checked out like eight weeks ago and he was like I'll get through the fight and then I'll get it checked out um, it hurts a little bit it's a bit sensitive and he, but other than that he was kind of didn't really pay it much thought right um, okay and he said he said he'd had he's since had tests on it and we would perhaps get the results of those he might tell us he might not he was being a bit Israel about that but um, he was saying you know I've had tests on it and we'll see okay that's that's, that's yeah that seems that's fair what, like a biopsy I, or that's something what, yeah that's like I think he said he had a blood test on it and like a couple of MRIs to see what was in it hmm. I think was what he said interesting but um okay that's what I want you to say you know that's it. um it's, it just, it's just very it's, it's a really weird conversation to talk about because I feel like you can't really talk about it without sort of subliminally suggesting something yes. you know what I mean yeah, yeah and I think you're right in saying um you shouldn't throw accusations another reason why I say that as well there are some gyms in this sport that have a reputation. There are some gyms in this sport where people go to and they suddenly look incredibly great physically and everything else after they've been there a little while. Right. And there are some some gyms just have like an ethos about them and some gyms just have a, like an attitude about them. I str- really struggle to believe that City Kickboxing and particularly Eugene Barryman would have any tolerance I for agree. that in his gym. And I there's re- no way that stuff happens, and they they don't know about it for sure. Like what you fucking don't notice, you're like your team, pe- you you know, he's, he's putting a lot of mass. You yeah, know what I mean, like, like all of a sudden it's just like, whoa, man. Yeah, and we've I been ju- working with this guy for years, and like the last six weeks, man, he's just really putting it on. Yeah, like, and I, ju- on, I just man. I just don't buy Eugene I ever accepting that, you know. I and, agree. and I think also as well, you know, so some people have a little like said, oh well, it only just came on now and stuff like that. It's like, well, it seems odd to me that you would choose to like double down on your juice regime as you're publicly accusing a dude of juicing. Right. Wouldn't you just not say a word? It seems to me just like just wouldn't it, say a word. Just I just think uh yeah, to me like it's it's just a bit strange and it's it's an unfortunate thing. I did like Israel's reaction of look if I look that good I'd have to say some shit too. Ah so I like that. Um I would like him to go public with the results though. I agree. That's I do agree with that. That's fair. That's hundred percent fair. 
Um, all right, I, I want to say one thing, because I think the co-main event, we kind of know what happened. There's not a lot's going to opinion is going to change in what happened. I mean, Dominic Reyes admitted he came out a little bit flat. Jan Blahovich took advantage of the opportunity. He looked amazing. Here's what I want to ask, but uh, basically what I want to do is I want to I roll it forward to John Jones at this point. But before I do that, because the, I want to say one other thing about UFC 253, uh, Brandon Royval is amazing. I love this kid. And I just saw, like, this morning, like, he posted a video of him and Big Nog, and he's just, like, totally, like, dorking out <laughs> at, like, hanging out with Big Nog. I love that so much. Like, yeah. this almost, like, blissful innocence of some kid that's, like, I can't even believe I'm here right now. And he acted that way the whole time, and he's fun as hell to yeah, watch. I mean, yeah, incredible fight. And then he's sitting there. I mean, he was dorking out at the press conference. He's like, I can't believe I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> You're like, dude, what's going on? It was amazing. So to see, like, that true – Earnest, like, passion for, for hanging out with a legend like Big Nog. Pretty damn cool. Yeah, I love that stuff. And I, I think uh, when we spoke to Carlos Condit yesterday at the media day, he was saying, you know, like, uh, fans respecting me is great, but he was, like, hearing young fighters respect me is pretty cool. I thought that was awesome, dude. You know what's funny? I was I was thinking about that earlier. I kind of wanted to cut that for, like, social media or something, where it's like, I hope fans would hear that the right way. Like, I could see them going, oh, so he doesn't care if we like him? But no. It's so cool to know that, yes, that uh, the fans are fans of you, but to know that your peers yeah. have that respect well, I, I for think, you, man. I, think, I don't think that's unreasonable at all. I think, like, I, 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 not that I get much interaction from fans, but sometimes it's, it's very, very nice to hear, like, people, oh, I like your questions and stuff like that. Yeah. But obviously if you hear one of your peers reach out to you and say, hey, you did a great job, that's, that's someone who's all allegedly an expert in the same field as you. Right. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Shots fired! <laughs> Listen. There's only five nominees, and I'm one of them. Uh, no, no, no. But it's it's much nicer to get you know so they understand what you're trying to do and stuff like that. There's a little bit of a inside baseball sort of talk. So it's always even I think nicer to be uh, respected by those you respect. I dig it. All right. Uh, so <laughs> I respect as I just sh- threw them all under the fucking bus. I mean, allegedly. Yeah. Um, no. So uh, the, I want to spin it forward to John Jones because obviously John Jones has been a big point of discussion ever since as well because. And it's interesting, right? I mean, John Jones is trying to have a, a, a stranglehold on every single uh, division out there, right? Like, theoretically. It was a busy night for him. It was a busy night for John. Theoretically, he's in the middle of this move to heavyweight, which I think intrigued a lot of us. Okay, cool. You know, will he fight for the title? Will he fight Francis Nagana? Will he – what will he do? You know, what, what will – okay. Then, he – I mean – as we all knew he was going to do, immediately he was like, ah, maybe I'll just go get my belt back, you know? Yeah. Said that, said that. Did, did, did we predict that, John? I believe I we may have said it. It's clear that John Jones is going to be talking trash after whoever wins, <laughs> wins. Um, and then, uh, of course, you know, conversation with Israel Adesanya as well. So, you know, we mentioned speaking to all those analysts, and we kind of asked their opinion on what they thought. And it was kind of funny because I thought the, the answer was kind of all across the board, but... I guess there's a, a couple different ways to look at this, right? Like, John Jones, again, I, I've said it a million times, I'll say it again. To me, greatest of all time. So, what is the next right move for him? And I guess it all depends on what position you're looking from, right? Like, what's the best uh, next move for us as fans to be excited about? What's the next uh, move for us as journalists to cover? What's the next best move for him to declare his greatness? I mean, I guess there's a lot of ways you can spin it as to as to why his next move would be the right move. But I don't know. Is there is there one fight? Because I guess the fights you would look at is Israel Adesanya, uh, Jan Blahovich, or the winner of Stipe Nagano because Dana White's made it clear that he's not cutting the line, right? So to me, I guess those are the three. Or am I missing one? Is there another fight on the table that I'm not thinking about? What If you if, if, if it's you, they've, they've handed it over, they say, 
Oscar Willis, we know about your award nominations, <laughs> and man, we have we have we just respect your mind so much, so much that. We need you to make the next call. I mean, I don't know. What's what's the most intriguing? Conor McGregor versus... <laughs> <laughs> um, well done. No, uh, I don't know, man. There seems to be... Uh, you know, I like to carelessly speculate on this show and just throw out um, random things that I don't know anything about. I can I can see clearly from here he does not have a journalist hat on right He's now. He does not have... Left <laughs> at home, mate. Um, but it's fine because when you're drinking a beer, it doesn't count. It's right? off record. So... For me, uh, we I think we discussed this. I don't believe Dana White says something unless there's uh, something That's right. he's not saying Just at the same time. Just accidentally leak information out. And there's been two times now, pre-Saturday pre night and, po and in the post-fight press conference, I think, after the question asked by you, where he said, well, we don't know John's going to heavyweight. John, you know, right. we might be doing something else. Yeah, that cracked me up when he was like, oh, I don't know. Whatever. I know as much yeah. as you do. Oh, maybe John asked for money and I didn't want to fucking pay the yeah. guy. Oh, I don't know. But there's something about that that, that intrigued me. That maybe John going to heavyweight is not a set thing, uh, and so I think my, my careless speculation is I think Israel is going to fight for the 205 pound title and then meet John Jones. And I think their thought is if John goes to heavyweight, he will be too big and they'll lose that fight. And I think that based on the numbers that Israel and Paulo just did, right? Uh, I don't know about pay view numbers, but every other fucking number, all the metrics. I think they probably suspect that actually with the trash talk and lead up, John versus Israel is a bigger fight than John versus Stipe. That is really interesting. I believe it is too. Yeah, you know what? It definitely, there's no question about it. It definitely is. Yeah. It's definitely the bigger fight. And you're right. And again, going back to the Dana White answer, again, you've you got to read between the lines with this, right? But but Dana White, I mean, again, we spend a lot of time around him. And it, it's very clear. Like, Dana could have easily said, hey, when we're like, hey, what's the update with John Jones? He goes, well, you guys know he's moving to heavyweight. Like, yeah. we, you know, we haven't put the fight together yet. We'll see. He didn't say or, that. Or he could have said, I don't know, I haven't spoken to John. Yeah. He said, well, he might stay at light heavyweight. Like, I don't know. He's been throwing it out there a little bit. I liked it. I, so. Is that is that the route you like? Because I will say, him versus Adesanya, the build-up would be absolutely incredible. I, I really, really, and again, a lot of this is based on John's like previous the last three performances. I really like that fight. I think the only thing that would be disappointing, and not that I particularly, I want this guy to win, that guy to win. What would be one of those disappointing moments in MMA? The build-up would be tremendous, and then if John kind of just clinched him for five rounds with his size. That would be pretty disappointing to walk away but from. But you know what? And I was just, as you were speaking, I was literally thinking about the idea of how both fights would play out. And I was thinking in my head that, you know, listen, at heavyweight, I can see him fighting very cautious because yeah. he knows he's the smaller guy. He yeah. knows that he's not the one packing the power. John's got to be careful. But I could see John being more aggressive against Adesanya because he thinks, I'm the guy with the size. Yeah. I'm the guy with the range. And, and I mean, including Cormier and Chael, but I mean, for Cormier to say it, they've all said that John's very, very strong. At 205, he's a very, very strong man. So, yeah, you could be right. I mean, it, it, I think there would be there would be something quite sad if uh, we got that fight and then he just, like, muscled Israel to the floor and just beat the shit out of it. You know, they'd be kind of like, oh, oh, what did we do? Remember that time we thought that great middleweight against that guy that was in the middle of going to heavyweight would be a great matchup? Now, I don't know that would happen. I don't know that would <laughs> No, happen. but I see what you're but saying. It would be an incredibly disappointing result. But um, for me, I think... Uh, there's something about the Israel-John fight. I, I kind of feel like they're on the cusp of one wrong move and they lose it. I don't know what it is. It just it just feels oh, like... Oh, yeah. That's not there forever. Yeah. It just feels like that's... Um, there's been a lot of super fights that are sort of like... Uh, well, it'll, it'll always be there. Or, yeah, yeah. Or like all the, uh, yeah, like we know... We know 
We know Connor Diaz three is always going to be there. We know Diaz Mazidal two is always going to yeah. be there. Yeah, but it just feels like a lot of times, even with George and Anderson back in the day, it felt like, it felt like there wasn't a rush. It felt like well, these tracks are going to get there yeah, eventually. Yeah. We don't need to do it now. I feel like Israel and John. Tiny window. It just feels like it's it, you got to get it now, and I just think because yeah, it just for some reason I just feel like it could disappear very yep. quickly. And, um, I get that same feeling. And I, there's something about their dynamic I really enjoy. I Is really enjoy the nerd versus the absolute bro, you know? Izzy would just absolutely piss off John Jones. The build-up to that, I think he would get under his skin. But I, 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 I think he potentially could, but I also think John would probably... There's a reason John went for Israel first, way back when. Right. I think John was probably a bit bored of like dealing with guys who weren't selling him fights. True. Like there was a, remember he threw out Izzy first. I remember he threw out Israel. Like, I think I'll fight Israel Adesanya one day. And Israel Adesanya went, "Yeah, that's actually a fight we've been talking about for years." And John went, "You fucking what? You can't like, you like <laughs> yeah. no." I was talking about it first, bro. Yeah, you're like, How dare you ever come at me? Like it was very <laughs> weird. So it, to me, it just seemed like uh, it seemed like John always wanted a, a verbal sparring partner. He knows what that does for his bank account, and I think yeah. it, I think it would be fun. That's what I'd like to see. But but first. Israel can't just they can't fight for no title like, I want to see Israel to fight Yan potentially win that fight then fight John that's interesting man that could be pretty amazing do you feel like if that okay let's say that is the plan let's say that's exactly what the plan is are we I don't feel like we're leaving anybody behind at, at light heavyweight right because at light heavyweight we knew we kind of had this glut of contenders what was going to happen we kind of had this tournament I mean sure you know Maheta and Glover they're going to be upset they're going to say oh man why is this guy jumping the line are we leaving anybody behind at middleweight? Are we leaving Jared Cannonier behind at middleweight? No, because of the time scale, time frame, right? Realistically, Cannonier, if you, if you, Izzy loves staying busy, right? So Izzy, if he could fight by December, Cannonier only fights in a couple of weeks, right? You could realistically ask Cannonier to sit until next July. I mean, fighters wait that time, that long all the time for a title shot. True. So you could ask him to do that. Uh, so I think if they can get Izzy out there in December, if they're any longer than that, they might be leaving someone behind at middleweight. What if I mean, what if Cannoneer starches Robert Whitaker at, at, at USC 254? I mean, some brutal 30-second knockout. Then can, can Izzy say, I'm going to face Jan right now? No, then they book him against Darren Till. Israel. <laughs> oh, I was like, what? <laughs> no, 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 big sarcastic. No, no you, know what you, do? you know what you do at that point? What you do at that point, okay. Interim. No, you don't even do that. You do. I think at that point, if Cannonier comes out and just blows the doors off Robert Whitaker, then he has to fight Adesanya, right? Yeah, has I agree. To. I agree. That's when John fights Jan. Oh yeah, but but my I agree. That's possible, but they have to put them on the same card. One. And then if it falls apart, you get the same. Well, but I mean, just put them on the same card just to have that into the 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 just link. the dynamic, build the dynamic. But I also think the risk of that is if you if John stays at two hundred five and fights Jan. I think that really hurts his stock almost. It's like, you know, you've fucking honey-dicked us about this move to heavyweight for 10 years. You, you finally got in there, and then you're going to pull out of me and, like, well, no. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> so, but, Sir. Yeah, no penetration, as Angie here <laughs> said. No, but, you know, then you're going to – it seems like a very sort of weird move. Like, yeah. Um, but I get what you're saying. I think if Cannonier does touch Whitaker, you got to put that plan on hold, and Israel wants to be the fighting champion, and you do that fight. Yeah. I think if it, they go back, if Whitaker won, probably, or, you know. Well, you just move on. Yeah. Or, it's a, or it's, a, it's a contentious, boring split decision, which I don't see how that would happen, but yeah. if it and was. And as for light heavyweight, um, all respect to the guys up there, but is there anyone, even with a victory in their next fight, that you could say deserves a touch on more than Adesanya right now? No. Adesanya Absolutely not. That, so. 
Yeah. All right. Interesting times. Interesting times. All right, let's talk about UFC on ESPN 16. It happens this weekend. Holly Holm versus Arena Aldana in the main event. Um, it is a women's bantamweight matchup with some title implications on the line. Let's do this. Before you and I talk about it, I, I, I cut this audio a little bit early because I thought people would like to hear it. Um, as I said, we got a chance, and, and I had asked the UFC, I'm like, look, while we're here, we want to get as much content as we can. We've got these uh, you know, analysts that are in town because they have to get here so early. Can we get them a couple days before the fight and just pick their brains a little bit? Have a little, you know, just something to kill some time while we're here and get some extra information. So uh, what you're going to hear is Paul Felder, Dan Hardy, and Angela Hill all break down what they think uh, is most important about Holly Holm versus Arena Aldana. Now, remember, of course, they're analysts. They can't give picks, so they're not going to give you picks. But I asked them, you know, rather than picks, tell me about the things that are going to matter the most. And I figure what you might like to do is hear from their uh, expertise level and then we'll talk about it as well. So this will be uh, Paul Felder, Dan Hardy, and Angela Hill answering my question on uh, what they expect to see in Holly Holm or Renee Aldana. So right, this weekend's card, uh, Holly Holm or Renee Aldana, obviously a big fight in that division. As you're starting to break this thing down and study the tape, like what's most intriguing to you about this? Like, What's, what's going to set the terms for how this plays out? My God, I think if, if uh, Aldana can use that boxing, man, I think for, for that weight class, she's got some of the best power in that division. And Holly's just so tricky, such a veteran with the kicks. I expect her to use a lot of side kicks, keep her at range, throw head kicks, be sneaky, and uh, mix in takedowns as well. I think we're going to see her really utilize her, her wrestling in this fight too. Because that left hook that she landed uh, against, um, uh, she just fought this weekend. Yeah, Vieta. I mean, whew, you don't see those kind of knockouts that often, right. especially from punches, right? You see it from head kicks. Obviously, you put a shin upside in somebody's head, they're going to get knocked out, but to see just a beautiful step in, left hook, and she's got some of the sickest boxing in that division. Yeah, it makes sense. So that's about the main event this week, Holly Holm, Arena Aldana, obviously a big fight in that division, mm -hmm. former champ, top contender. When you're breaking this fight down, what's standing out to you most? Like, what's gonna dictate what, what ends up happening here? Well, what's interesting is obviously we've got Holly Holm, who was a standout boxer before she crossed over to mixed martial arts, but really her strength in mixed martial arts is a kicking game. And then we've got Irene Aldana, who really uh, you know, she, she models herself on a lot of those tough Mexican boxers from back in the day. And I mean, we saw that in a, in a fight against Caitlin Vera, that the speed at which she covered distance, that left hook that she landed, I mean, I, I like a good left hook, you know me, and I, and I can pick fault in most people's left hooks. That was pretty perfect. Like, I watched it through a few times last night, slow motion, and as she lands, her hands in the right position, her hips are twisting, her feet are right. I think that she's going to try and close distance on Holly Holm and force her to box. And I think that's going to make Holly quite uncomfortable because she tends to like to book, uh, bookend those, uh, you know, th that range. Although she likes boxing, her kicking game and her clinch work is really what I think she's going to be using in this fight. So we'll talk about this week's card, Holly Holm, Arena, Donna, big main event, obviously big stakes there. I mean, it's going to have title implications. But when you break it down, like, what do you think is going to dictate what happens here? I mean, obviously both very high-level strikers. How, how does this thing play out? Who's, you know, what's going to determine who wins this fight? Um, I think it depends on how well Aldana is able to handle Holmes' pressure. I think, uh, I think judging from Holly's fight with Megan Anderson, she's probably going to try to pressure up against the fence and take her down. And I think that's probably the best bet for her just because she isn't really a power puncher. She likes to land points and, and move a lot. And Aldana proved to be pretty good against that type of striker. So I, I feel like to shut her down, um, just getting her in the clinch, getting her up against the cage, uh, trying to drag her down, trying to put her where no one, no one's really uh, 
no one's really taken advantage of her yet. Uh, Aldana did have pretty good ground game in some of her fights, so she'd have to be careful, but Holmes has been doing this a, a bit longer than Aldana, so I, I feel like if she uses her veteran, veteran uh, skills against her in that way, um, just exploit the grappling department, then that'd be a good way for her to get the win. Um, but I'm kind of rooting for Aldana. Like, I, I want to see her fight the champ. I think it would be nice to have some uh, a fresh face fighting for the title. And and Aldana has power. She has that cool boxing style that I love. You know, I, I always try to go in there and just throw hands as much as possible. And, um, and yeah, Aldana has those hands. She's had them for a while, and I think she finally found the mark. She finally found that knockout button against a girl who's never been stopped before, which is even more impressive. Uh, so, so I'm happy for her. I love her origin story. I love the fact that she started as an artist and then started moving towards martial arts. It's like <laughs> we, we have like the same like story. It came up in the same like year too. So, uh, so part of me is rooting for her, but also, you know, home is a, a veteran. She's really great at what she does. So I'm, I'm just interested to see how it happens. All right. So some thoughtful analysis there from the, uh, People that are being paid to analyze the fight. So it's good this stuff. <laughs> um, right, listen, I kind of agree a lot with what they're saying. I mean, the kickboxing range, you got to think it favors Holly Holm. The boxing range, of course, you got to think it favors Arena Aldana. The grappling range and the grappling department, I think most people feel, you know, Holly Holm not only is, is better there, but needs to use it there. I just don't know necessarily, you know, I, I don't know that Holly's necessarily going to be able to take Aldana down easy. I think she's improved in those areas. I think once it gets there, Aldana's gotten better on the ground. I'm intrigued by this fight, and and I listen. I am highly respectful of Holly Holm. She's a future UFC Hall of Famer. She's a part of this uh, this sport's history, no question about it. I just wonder if now it's time for a contender like Aldana, who, by the way, I've been a big fan of her style since she came up through Invicta, but I really feel like it's all putting it together. I ended up leaning Aldana in this. I think if this does stay on the feet, if this does end up being a striking uh, matchup, I feel like Holly's going to have some problems. Yes, I mean, because she's, she's effective from kickboxing range, of course. Um, but, I mean, yeah, when you think of her high kick, I mean, you're talking about Ronda Rousey, you know what I mean, who, no disrespect, but certainly was <laughs> not the striking level of Irene Aldana. Yeah. Or, if you, if you will, Irene Aldana, if you, you want to go the Daniel Cormier route from the other night. Got to poke a little fun at him. Um, but I am actually intrigued by this fight. I mean, I get it. Certainly, um, you know, it's it's this card as a whole is not nearly as big, of course, as the pay-per-view we've had, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, but I am intrigued by this fight in, in particular because, and I think maybe more than anything, it's because I've been a big fan of Aldana's style and, and, and her way up and her incredible knockout last time out, man. I mean, this, this fight could be fun to me. Now, as I said before, the problem is, you know, do you go, and then you're going to go starch Amanda Nunes? I mean, that's the only problem that downplays it. But as far as the styles go, what, what do you make of this fight? So, for me, this fight, where, where I find the interesting sort of sub, uh, sub story is Holly Holm has been around for so long at this point. She's a, she's a legitimate, like, huge veteran of the women's game. And it's amazing that she's still so perennially Agreed. at the top, right? Agreed. The downside of being uh, that person at the top for so long is there's a lot of footage and tape on you yes. for people coming up to observe you mm -hmm. know so that combined with the fact is Holly 38 38 right so Holly's also nearing the age now where people suddenly get old yeah. now I don't think Holly's now, incredible physical condition at 38 years old Holly Holm is a freak at 38 yes. but, but you know she, for a fighter the fighter's 
I don't, I, the and fast I'm, twitch muscle starts to slow down a little bit. That sort just of thing. A, you know, just the, the, this is the age where we. It's one fight, you're fine, and the next, it's a rapid decline. I get it. And I think she is approaching that time. Um, I don't think she's there now, but certainly I'm curious to see when that happens mm-hmm. to her, as it inevitably does, right? Um, so for me, I'm more curious to see if Holly can remain the consistent fighter that she has been. Yep. I, I, I really like Holly, and so I feel a bit bad about saying this. I do think she's a, something of a throwback fighter. Right. Uh, I think. Uh, I, mean, I know there's a lot of conversations about women's MMA in terms of where it ranks versus men's MMA, and it hasn't evolved as much. And there's probably some some legitimacy to that. But I think Holly is. Um, uh, well, it's not a sexist thing to say. I mean, she comes from a generation where very few female mixed martial artists were making a living. Yeah. And so, well, so I'm not trying to say that. I mean, what I'm saying is her style alone is very sort of like bread and butter basic. Well, but, but that's you know? what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So what I mean is, so in the early days of, of women's mixed martial arts, it was very much like the early days of men's mixed martial arts. There, there wasn't an opportunity to train full time, so you weren't well around. So right. why was why was Ronda Rousey so great? Because she had one skill set on an entirely different level than anybody else. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think Holly did at one point as well, where her striking, her, you know, her refinement was on a different level than than some than you know other people. Now, of course, her athleticism has always been there too, the stamina, that sort of thing. But now, you, the women have been competing at such a high level for so long that I think people have have caught up to her. You know what I mean? So I don't think that's an, when you say that. I, I don't. I hope people understand that it's not an insult. I think I, it's a reality. It wasn't that long ago that being a female mixed martial artist was not a full-time yeah. job. Yeah, I, I just I, – and I think, like, her game just, like, frankly hasn't evolved. I think, like, she's very – she's obviously a phenomenal kickboxer, but I, I think if you watched enough tape on her, you would know that when she starts going, ush, 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 she's going to throw a one-two left head kick. Right. It's, it's – you know, it's, I just think it's part of her game, and I think she's been at the same camp for a very long time. She's incredibly loyal to them, which I respect a lot. Yep. Um, but I think it probably wouldn't have hurt it to freshen up at some point during her career, whatever. It's interesting. Whatever, but I just I just think um, that's so cool. She calls him Mister Winklejohn. She has yeah. that. She has that loyalty, man. I mean, she's There's great. no way not to cheer for Holly Holm. Yeah, she is one great. of the most beloved she's figures great. in the she's sport. Great. And I'd love to. I'd love to see her. Um, I'd love to see her work. Like, if yeah. There's something inspiring about going for a title again and again and again. I, I find that re- really endearing. It's like the Michael Bisping thing, right? Yeah. But I do wonder if um, we've seen the last of her at that now. You know, I think she'll always be good. This is going to sound like really blunt, but she's always been good to be a title contender. Sure. I wonder if we're now entering the Holly Holm gatekeeper period of her career. That's not, well, especially as long as you have Amanda Nunes at the top. It's always tough when you have that, that one person that's just yeah. a cut above. You know, when you have Anderson Silva, when you have John yeah. Jones, when you have, you know, Demetrius Johnson, it's frustrating. Um, but I get exactly what you're saying. I, I'm uh, it, This fight is basically a pick em, according to the odds makers, and I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I've just... I, you know, I think it, it may be Aldana's time. Um, I, and, again, I've always been a big fan of her style, the, the, the boxing, the way she approaches things. Uh, I dig it. So uh, I, I'm leaning Aldana in this fight. And that's certainly the featured matchup. Um, I will say this, by the way, and it's, it's, it, I did think it was going to be the co-main. It ended up not being the co-main. Juliana Pena versus Jermaine Durandamy. Man, uh, Juliana Pena – I, I said that she came in uh, without the big chip on her shoulder that she normally has. She still had a chip on her shoulder. It just wasn't quite as big. She is full of piss and vinegar, and I love it. She's always been that way. Um, if you want to go hear uh, her, her full, full full interview, it's on uh, the MMA Junkie YouTube page. It's on MMA Junkie as well. But um, I thought her point was interesting because, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of people believe that she's been right there at the top for a long time and that she is right there. It's just been the layoff. Now, 
having a layoff because you become a mom, it's hard to punish somebody for that. But yeah. we are in a sport that, you know, insists that you get results. But then she made her comeback, and then she had an injury, um, and, and so she had another layoff. So she's had, like, one win in the last, like, three years or so. But, man, when she came in and talked to us, man, she did not hold back. She was like, I'm – I, I – I deserve this opportunity. It's not even a. It's not even a question. She's like, I win this fight. It doesn't matter if Aldana wins. It doesn't matter if Holm wins. It's me. I. I don't know that she's necessarily going to be able to convince that. Now, if Holm wins, maybe Penny. Yeah, There's maybe Penny yeah. can slip by. But if 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 Aldana wins, unless Aldana wins a boring fight and Penny wins dramatically against Durandami, I think it's going to be a tough sell. But it does make – I think that's what, to me, what makes this main event. So I'm already – I like the main event, but I like the fact that, A, what I, th I thought was going to be the co-main event. It's only the third fight down, not that not that bad. Um, but I, I do think that the, the fact that you have so many top people yes. in one division on like one that. card. Yeah, it's I fun. Like you a feel like mini tournament of the night. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. it. Yeah, for me, I think uh, – you know, I'm guessing here, but it feels like the card has been sculpted for Aldana to get a title shot. You know, that, that seems to be the the, the – the mission here is to like okay, give her the give her the signature win right. to get her up to fight to fight Amanda. As you said, if she comes out and just fucking shits the bed, yeah, and Giuliani comes out and, and, and starches, not bad. I could see them pulling the switch. Yep. But it seems to me that if they both won in relatively similar fashion, Aldana's getting the title shot. Maybe if Peña sat out, she could get the one afterwards. But I mean, it's not like a Amanda's got two belts to be jumping around, you know. Uh, here's what's interesting. According if Penny wanted to be a baller, she could win and then be like, okay, she's having the title shot at this weight. I'll fucking move up to 145 and have the title shot at that weight. That would be pretty amazing, right? And then she'd lose up there instead. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Look, look at the odds as well. I'm actually surprised. See, it's, it's almost basically a pick as well, which I'm not surprised. But Jermaine Durandamy is actually a slight favorite over Pena. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with that because... Based on her fight against Amanda, though, that seems... That's, that's, that's my surprising problem. See, to me. to me, I think when you look at that line, what you're thinking is, okay, hold on. You know, Durandamy has been a former champion. She's been competing frequently. She has been <laughs> well. at the highest level. Sir, sir, she's the inaugural uh, women's featherweight champion. Uh, but no, I, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. You everybody hates on GDR. Leave GDR. Uh, she has the greatest energy. She's such a sweet lady. She beat, she beat the main event this weekend. She's she such beat, a she sweet lady, and she, 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 I enjoy being around her. But I get it. I trust me. I understand there will always be controversy over her title reign. Um, but I will say this: I kind of understand why she's the favorite. Like, if she can keep this fight on the feet, like, yes, yeah, she will absolutely hurt Juliana Pena. But. We saw what happened. I mean, she was look. She was having success against Amanda Nunes, and Amanda was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to turn to my wrestling then because <laughs> yeah. this isn't working," and dominated. I have to. I really, I don't know how you make JD, uh, GDR the, the favorite. To be honest, just based on um, styles make fights in MMA, and I think as we mentioned before about women's MMA is a newer sport. Yeah. Particularly in women's MMA, styles make fight, like Tatiana Suarez is murking people because they don't know how to wrestle and right. stuff. Right. So styles make fights in women's MMA. I think we just saw this fight. I re like I don't think Amanda Nunes' takedown is like blisteringly amazing. Yeah, and I think Pena is probably on a similar level in terms of wrestling. I would agree. So I don't. I think we saw this play out before. So I just. I don't. I kind of. Re I'm really, really surprised to hear Duranime's favorite. Look, uh, you're not getting huge money on it, and I'll just be clear. I don't bet MMA because uh, when I have my money tied to fights, I cannot look at them without bias like I'm just that guy I cannot disconnect myself from my money so I don't bet MMA no. so don't take it as expert analysis not that it's illegal or immoral I just I, I, I know it, it shades the way I look at the fight 
But the idea of having Pena and Aldana at, you know, basically pick them or slight plus, plus money, uh, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right, let's talk about what's on the rest of the card. Uh, in order to do that, I will re-enlist some of our experts again. Um, <laughs> so we don't have to do it. I think it'll do a better job than me. But before I do that, let me just say, if you like what you're hearing, and I don't know why you wouldn't like what you're hearing, first of all, make sure that wherever you listen to podcasts, you are, you are logged in, you're, you're subscribed, you're telling people about us. We'd appreciate that. If you can rate us, review us, leave some feedback, five stars, all that good stuff, we would really, really appreciate it. Or if you want to take your game to the next level, head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Sign up there for as little as $3 a month. You can help support the show. Uh, let us know that uh, you know you appreciate the work that we're putting in, and we, we we enjoy putting the work out. I mean, 288 consecutive weeks without fail, a fresh episode. Come on, man. Who else does that for you? Go on to patreon.com. Pay the man. Pay, Pay the, the man. man. That's what I'm saying. And, of course, the exclusive home of the and-a-half episodes where we give you uh, wrap-ups after every single UFC show, which means – Every single week of the year at this point <laughs> now. The pandemic is over. Uh, let me just say shout out to uh, Brian Mills, Martin, and Lewis Tough. We appreciate you all joining the squad, man. Thank you very much. That means a lot to us all, gentlemen. All right, let's talk about the rest of this card. Paul Felder, Angela Hill, and Brendan Fitzgerald. I got his little opinion on this about other fights that we need to see. Of course, you know the main event, but what about other fights that we should keep a lookout for? Here, here's what they weighed in with. Any other names that are standing out for you, whether it be something you've seen on tape or you know, or a discussion you've had? I mean, any, any other yeah. fights that may be under the radar? One of the fighters I really like is that Casey Kenny. I think, is a really exciting kid to watch on this card, and he's got a great matchup. I think those guys are going to go out, and uh, it's going to be an all-out brawl for three rounds, in my opinion, and potentially one of the fight of the nights on that card. And anytime Carlos Condon is on the card, I don't care what his latest fights have been, the natural-born killer is fighting. I'm tuning in. I've been a fan since WEC. I've been a training partner and somebody that you know has experienced the training room with him many, many, many times. I've been head kicked by him and beat up by him for years. So, uh, and Court McGee, one of the toughest guys, and uh, just uh, always brings it. Yeah. Oh, you, you ain't getting Court McGee out of there without one hell of a fight. So that's one that stood out when I was looking at the card again today. That uh, yeah, I love that matchup. I know it's you know two veterans, but sometimes those fights end up being just an all-out bloodbath. The, the Colt main actually threw me for a loop. I wasn't too familiar with those guys. Uh, but uh, DaCosta, uh, Jorhan DaCosta? Is that how you pronounce Jorgen it? DeCastro? Yeah, DeCastro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He's, I just <laughs> found out about him today. But I've been doing my research, and he's a beast, man. He's looked really good in his first, like, half around with uh, Greg Hardy. And all his fights before that, he's... He just nails people with leg kicks, uh, fast leg kicks. He has fast uh, body kicks. And, like, for a guy his size, you usually don't see that explosiveness. So I'm actually really excited for that co-main. Uh, at first I was like, why aren't the girls the co-main? But I'm actually excited for that. And the guy that he's fighting just presents his leg, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even worse than uh, Costa presented his leg to Adesanya. He presents his leg out uh, to be kicked. So I'm wondering if he's going to just snatch it up and take it and try to get another leg kick KO. Um, but obviously, I'm looking forward to the strawweight matchup. Um, my last win was against Loma, look on me. But I always kind of felt conflicted about fighting her because she has that pure Muay Thai style. And, and I lo always loved that about her. I remember watching her first fight in Invicta, and she just hit like maybe 
50 Muay Thai sweeps on this girl who was charging forward and it was so perfect and you could tell she'd just done it a million times and it was just really effortless and I watched that fight and I was like I'm gonna start doing Muay Thai sweeps again and then I had my fight with Hannah Cyphers and swept her and elbowed her so uh so thanks Loma <laughs> thanks for the inspiration um and Jingy Fry uh, she's another person who was coming up when I was in Invicta and just to see them both get to this level is is really cool and yeah i'm hoping for a great fight charles jordan is uh he's awesome man he's such a nice kid he's young he's really good he's exciting he um you know he's he basically says like i'm this is not a marathon career this is a sprint career you know we're we're, we're out here fighting i'm 24 years old i gotta get in and, and, and do it while I can and do it while I'm at the top of my game. And, uh, you know, his last fight against Feely was really good. I, I'm interested to see how he grows from that because that was the first time he took an L from, like, a non-wrestler, you know. Um, but, like, he's there to be exciting. And uh, for Josh Kulabau, I you know, I, I get the similar uh, sense from him. And, you know, he fights up a weight class in New Zealand against Jalen Turner, the tallest lightweight in the division. So for him to come back to 145, and I, I think that's uh, that's a fun fight. All right. Thank you to Paul Felder, Angela Hill once again, and Brendan Fitzgerald as well. By the way, I uh, taped a, a, a podcast with Brendan Fitzgerald this afternoon, so that'll be out the next week or two, uh, his podcast. Um, all right. So a couple names that were brought out there. Paul Felder brought out the, uh, the the Casey Kinney name is somebody that he's keeping an eye on that, that could be a, a very fun matchup there. Uh, hard time disagreeing with there. Casey Kinney has, uh, always has good fights. Haile Alating on the other side. That could be a fun matchup. Um, Angela Hill, I, I like this. And, 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 you know, obviously no surprise she's she's looking at the women's matchup. But I will say this. Loma Lukbunmi, if you're not familiar with her, the first Thai fighter uh, in the UFC, and, I mean, she is pure Muay Thai. I mean, legit fun Muay Thai and for somebody like me that actually Muay Thai was my path into MMA I love seeing pure Muay Thai and, and she is fun and in fighting Jin Frey, somebody that Jin Frey actually came through the tough enough ranks in Las Vegas that I have a lot of respect for as well um, I love it because they're both atom weights as well so right. you know there is no atom weight division so at least neither one of them will be overmatched and so I like that and then of course Brendan Fitzgerald throwing out uh, Charles Jor Jordan who uh, I think we enjoy talking to Charles Jordan as well. So a lot of a lot of interesting matchups. I mean, of course, you know Carlos Condit, Court McGee. Yeah. I mean, that's the one that everybody's talking about, and it is cool to see how fans are reacting to this man because yeah. Condit's on this losing streak, and and we talked about it a little bit, man. Um, you know, just I feel like people have such respect for him, and when we talked to him, you know, he mentioned how uh, even though he's on the losing streak, you know, he still feels like he 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 belongs in the UFC, belongs you know against. Uh, not necessarily saying that he's like title bound or anything like that, but he feels like you know he's not one of these people that needs to be talked into retirement or anything like that. Um, so listen, while this card isn't uh, star studded in terms of uh, you know must watch TV, this is certainly one you could probably you know catch on Sunday afternoon if you want or something like that. But yeah. I do think there are. So I mean, there's some fights that were brought up there, and um, you know I think there's some others as well. So g g give me a rundown, especially I will say this: I love. Talking to the fighters again, man. Yeah. No disrespect to Virtual Media Day, but I'll just say it over and over and over. You just get a whole different sense for things when you get a chance to actually sit down and interview these people. So knowing that Media Day is in the books, knowing that, of course, yes, you're not going to probably you know, necessarily identify the next champion that can't be missed right now, but you know what fights are kind of standing out to you? Well, so as you said, the Media Day stuff, so when you're – 
covering literally fights week in, week out that are now changing on the weigh-in days and even fight day sometimes. I've got to be honest, man. Like, I, If you put a fight card in front of me these days, I couldn't guarantee you I'd know everyone on the card. I, really, I that's, get it. It's just, I just, it's, there's too much fucking stuff I get stuff it. There, there's on. so many fights, and like you said, they're changing yeah. day of. And there's debutants and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so when you do in-person media days it's a whole game changer man because it's like well now like this is not just a random person talking to me on the screen this is someone I, I had eye contact with yep. I recognize him like, I heard his voice properly so that makes a big difference so based on that Kyla Phillips I I, I, uh, I can't uh, I can't be sure if this is true but I'm pretty sure he's a reincarnation of Jesus Christ <laughs> um, he, he looks like it he sounds like it I mean, he's like Jesus Christ if Jesus had a surfboard instead of a crucifix, <laughs> I guess. Sorry to <laughs> And some weed. Yeah, he had lots of cannabis. I <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah, so he's a, he's a, I don't know, I did, like, to be honest, I was just kind of looking at him without taking anything that he said in. I was like, my God, this man is a, just a picture perfect sort of like, oh, human. Here's cool. Daquan Townsend, I found him to be very interesting because obviously he's on a three fight losing streak. He's an older gentleman in terms yep. of MMA. You know, he's in his 30s and he's fighting an undefeated prospect. And I, I kind of, he had a very cool, calm, yep. but determined energy to him that I kind of enjoyed. I just uh, there's something about him, his presence that I was like, he's, he's almost intimidating without being intimidated. I don't know. There's just something like a little sort of a, a vibe of him that I enjoyed. And then, so that's another fight I'm interested in seeing. And then, of course, I know that you said it, but it, like this this card is Carlos Condit versus Court McGee. Man. I agree, right? I saw Court McGee going down to the beach today. That that means nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, what are you reading into that? There's nothing else to do. No, nothing means nothing. It means nothing at all. But uh, I like, look, uh, Carlos Condit, I, you know, it was only when he was sitting in front of us and I looked up his, his record, I was like, God damn, motherfuckers lost a few fights. Yeah. Um, but... And it's interesting to hear him say, like, you know, I don't think I've lost a step. I think it's been a bit sort of unlucky, and I, I hope that's true. Um, you know, we can only go on the evidence presented to us. So uh, I like Court McGee a lot, and the guy's got a fascinating story, and yes, he's so does. open about his addiction and stuff. And yes. stuff like that. But, man, if you've been around this game for a little bit, just a little bit if you've been a fan of this sport for a while, like, Carlos Condit is, you said it to him, like, basically MMA royalty. Yep. MMA royalty, and he has, like, it's not like he had a lengthy title reign to himself or anything like that. He's just MMA royalty because he's a bad motherfucker. That natural born killer, man. I agree. Hey, man, if it goes to show you this, he's scheduled on the preliminary card, but they brought him to, they brought him to the main card media day. You know what I mean? Like, that tells you the type, the type of reputation. That fight's going to be good. Uh, no, I agree. Listen, Jorgen DeCastro versus Carlos Felipe is kind of a weird co-made event to me, if I'm being honest, but... Two heavyweights that, that bring it, so it could kind of set it up. Uh, you know, maybe it'll, it'll be, you know, kind of give some uh, comparison and contrast between the ladies' fights. It'll be big. It'll be, we'll see what happens. Um, and, by the way, even though they were, you know, kind of doing it in a little bit of Portuguese, a little bit of English, but they were kind of speaking a little trash to each other, which kind of made it yeah. fun. I, Jorgen De Castro was kind of funny. He's like, uh, I was like, man, you're talking trash. He's like, hey, man. We're in the co-main event. Why not? Why not throw a little salt and pepper on it a little bit? I was like, yeah. I like that. Throw a little salt and pepper on it. Uh, you mentioned DeQuan Townsend. Um, you know, again, uh, you know, very, very experienced in the, in the game, um, but has not had the best run in the UFC so far. But a, if you want to look at it from a human interest side, man, he he, uh, he lost some some family members to a shooting uh, not that long ago, but he decided to go ahead and, and, and fight on anyway. 
Um, but he's being put against a very tough Dusko Todorovic, who's um, made it through the contender series and then had to wait for a year to get here uh, because of COVID-19. In fact, him testing positive for COVID-19, but never actually showing uh, any signs of it. So he thinks it may have been a false positive that cost him his UFC debut, but here he is finally making it. And uh, a good dude, man, with a kind of a, a level head on his shoulders, but just seems like hyper-focused. As you said, Condit McGee is there. Uh, Charles Jourdain uh, that Fitzgerald brought up against Kulabau, who Josh Kulabau stepped up on short notice in his UFC debut, went up a weight class, uh, got starched, unfortunately. And, uh, man, how honest was he just saying, like, you know, I've had to hear all the – basically just saying I've had to hear all the bullshit ever since, and I'm ready to go out and prove people, like all these trash talkers, I'm not who they said. So, um, again, you know, out of the – I'll just call it like I see it. Out of the five cards that we're covering on Fight Island, this is probably the one that on the surface you just go, eh. And I'm not going to be that guy that goes, it's the ones you never expect that are the best. I'm not, say- I'm not saying that. If you want to watch it on Sunday, if you want to wait to see what the results are and what you can go see, you, that's fine. So are you saying this is the weakest card of the, the, the few? Out of the five, I would say so. I don't know how you've said something so controversial yet so brave, John. <laughs> Yes, I know. It's just out there. Uh, yes, I get it. So, But I will say, I think there's some fights worth watching. I think it could pr- prove some entertainment. I'm not going to throw out the cliches out there. But, I mean, look, if, if, you, if, if you're like us and you really have nothing else to do on a Saturday night anyway, uh, we'll be online and, and, and we'll be watching it. So we'll, we'll chime in. And then you can always go over to patreon.com slash the Roadshow to hear the end half episode where we just deal with the reality of who we are. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> listen. Yeah, that, those are a lot more... Yeah, so no, no, we don't. Okay, that's on a completely different website. You don't want to hear about the reality <laughs> of who we are. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, right, uh, all right, so listen, since you brought it up, uh, Kyler Phillips. I think Kyler Phillips is a unique individual, and uh, I was kind of thinking about playing maybe one more audio, and since uh, since you brought it up as the next coming of a uh, marijuana-smoking, surfing Jesus, I thought, you know. Roger's did. <laughs> I thought, why not? I thought this guy was interesting. So as we head out of here, uh, here is uh, Kyler Phillips. Well, talk about it, man. Obviously, uh, impressive last time out. You know, yeah. big, big victory for you. I think it made a lot of, you know, big impression on a lot of people. What did it do for you in terms of, you know, confidence or, or belief or, or just, you know, knowing that, hey, yeah, I can perform at this level? Uh, I knew from the beginning, but uh, it was just a, not only a, a little baby step, but it's just a little part of it, you know, just a little bit performance, a little bit confidence, a little bit uh, essence of peace and joy and stuff like that, but also that little little fire inside that's burning you know what i mean so i can't wait to just go do it again and show the world what's up serve it up with some nikito kai you know what i'm saying so dude it's been a while um obviously it's been a crazy stretch of time between then and now man the entire world changed um so i was just curious the, the time between then and now um was that by plan was that by design or was that just kind of you know the way the world's played out uh designed by the way that the world's played out yeah for sure you just said it but uh yeah man just um i tried to fight a little bit earlier I was trying to catch another one soon on in June, uh, July, and then I tried to get uh, September, but didn't play out. And then October happened, and I had an opponent fall out. So now, you know, um, got another opponent, and it worked out. So just not stressing about it and, you know, keep training. is them just giving me more time to work. And uh, it's been a blessing. It's been an honor, and I love what I do. Yeah, you mentioned the late opponent change. I'm curious, I mean, is there any time to really change a game plan, study a guy? Do you, do you even bother? What's how do, how do you approach that? You know, a body's a body. You know what I mean? Human, we're all human. A body's a body. He's got two hands, two legs. and But what separates us is our minds and our hearts. And I feel like uh, there's a lot of things that I bring to the table. And 
I'm just not going to, they're not going to let them catch me slipping. So I'm going to come f really hot and I'm going to take them out. Dig it. You can tell like the kind of mentality, the spirituality that you bring to, to the energy that you bring to it. Where, where does that come from? Is that something that you've always had, something that you found late? What's, what, what's the story there? Like, again, it's, it's just a little bit of everything, you know, a little bit of discipline, a little bit of uh, peace, a little bit of, of hard work, a little bit of everything, you know, just like 50 Cent says. So, I mean, uh, you know, that's, I just love it, you know what I mean? And doing what I not just feel or know, but what it really is, what it truly is, is this is what I'm meant to do, and I, I love this, and there's nothing else I'd rather be doing or anywhere else or any other organization. So uh, I'm just excited, and I can't wait to do it. That's awesome. What's, what's the goal? I mean, obviously the goal is to pick up a victory, of course, but is it to have a, an exciting perform, you know, exciting fight of the night type fight, or would you rather have a performance of the night, you know, where you go in there and you dominate and get somebody out early? Uh, you know, this is a game of life that we're in the world and stuff, so things can play out a lot of different ways. Uh, people, you're going to fight people, and sometimes they're going to be tougher, sometimes they'll be more technical, sometimes they're going to, you know, fall, sometimes they're going to come forward, and you just got to be ready for anything. I'm literally ready, ready to finish the guy in the first round, second round, drag him deep waters, submit him, ground and pound. I'm ready to just mix it up the whole way and go a full three-round decision if I have to. So wherever it goes, that's where I'm planning on doing. And whatever circumstances they give me, I'm going to use the most of that and perform at the best of my abilities. Nice. And last thing for me, I mean, what is the goal for yourself? You say, hey, I already knew I belonged at this level. So, I mean, do you feel like you can make a fast ascension in the rankings? I mean, is this something you want to shoot up the, the, the top of the division? Or do you feel like, oh, you know, I'm still kind of young in my career. I can I can develop into that uh, top we, contender. Uh, we're here, man. You know what I mean? So I'm going, I'm going all the way. And not just all the way to gold, but all the way, you know, past that, way further than that. And that's what I'm here for, things that are a lot bigger than me. And um, I just, uh, it's the beginning. Fight Island, you know what I'm saying? I love it here, dude. We went on jet skis this morning, got a little tan. We went, dude, we've been doing a bunch of stuff. I got, a, got one of those outfits, me and my, me and my boy Marcus. So uh, we're just doing a lot of fun stuff. And I like it out here. If it, if it was up to me, I would just live out here. You know, I want to live here. So hopefully I can get another fight soon. Somebody fight me. Maybe you turn, you can turn around before we leave Fight Island. Maybe That's what I'm know. saying, dude. Yeah. But I got to get something booked, you know. So that would be sick. Is this mentality of like your last minute opponent, yes, two hands, two feet, everything. Do you think more fighters need them right now considering you sign a contract? The way the world works, you might go through two, three opponents before you even enter the octagon. I guess, yeah, it's just playing a little bit of both. Sometimes you're going to be, uh, you got to just play with the cards you're dealt with. And then also sometimes you got to be the master and plan of attack and you got to be the one playing the chess, but it's not always going to work out perfectly. Sometimes I try to control things and be in control of everything, and it doesn't work out that way. And you try to be so scientific with everything. You're trying to be so precise with your stuff, but something doesn't work out. You become stressed out. Okay, it's all good. And then just play with whatever you get. So I think mixing a balance of both and having a good time and still enjoying and relaxing and having fun, but then also being super concentrated and focused and, you know, going out there and just super cutting through like a double-edged sword, you know? So are you, are you the type of fighter that, that likes to plan their career or do you just take it one day at a time? Uh, both. So we have a dual mindset as well. So like uh, just whatever, like I said, you know, um, 
I like to be strategical. I'm trying to get better at being a lot more strategical, like a good strategy fighter. That's one thing I saw out of Israel Adesanya as well, is uh, he's both a flow fighter, you know, like a momentum fighter, but as well, he is a very good strategical fighter, you know? So he like finds his strategy, starts to pick away, but once he gets in flow state, he doesn't have to do that. So it's like really hard to defeat those type of fighters without getting lucky, you know what I mean? What is uh, Nikita Kai? Nikita Kai. I know it's under Boom. Shirt, it's never what it was. Me, so I'm the 14th sensei in Nikita Kai. I just got my black belt last year. Oh, congratulations. Uh, super stoked about that. But uh, Nikita Kai is basically just MMA, you know what I mean? It's the full form and tradition and the roots of martial arts, but mixed. So Ni it stands for multiple. Ki is for the universal energy that we all have. Do is the way or the path, and then Kai is participant. So Kai is Kai Matrix, you know? And that's what I'm gonna kick him with in his head. So obviously I know that some of your strengths are Jiu-Jitsu, you know, you're very versatile and you have a high work ethic. But is there anything you're looking to improve on that like in and outside the cage? Uh, both, always. Every second, every moment I get on this planet Earth is an opportunity for growth and every time I just gotta realize that it's not always gonna be perfect and just take a breath. And that that breath of oxygen is a gift, you know what I mean? So I'm just gonna do the best at what I get with and you know, work on the skills that I need to, sharpen the strengths, and then also work on all the weaknesses because we all have that, we're all human. And um, yeah, basically. All right, that was Kyler Phillips, uh, smoking, surfing Jesus. Arizona boy. Arizona boy, if you will. Uh, All right, so astute listeners will realize, hey, wait a minute, did they say they were going? Like, what is that about? They they never end on an interview. <laughs> well, listen, we pulled the old uh, we pulled the old switcheroo on on Mr. Oscar Willis because we got to get into something right now. And, and I brought in another expert in his place. Uh, this is a man by the name of Jose Youngs. I'm told he works for some professional <laughs> MMA outlet out there. I'm not really sure what it is, but he assures me. No, nah, I'm just kidding. You, it worked for MMA Fighting, of course. At one point, it was even a discussion to come work with us at MMA Junkie, but ended up over at MMA Fighting. Uh, and, of course, doing the entire five-week Fight Island run with us. The grind is real, sir. The grind is real, right? We're just kind of getting into it. But uh, what we're saying, we're kind of all getting we're kind of all getting settled in at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't it hasn't really sunk in yet that I still have. I think I was doing the math. It's like three and a half more weeks of this. Right. Like once fight night ends, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then it's like it's just rinse and repeat at that point for three more weeks. Yep. And then you guys have done it. You guys did it in July. You got you've been to Abu Dhabi enough times, so the time difference probably doesn't get to you as much as it gets to me. But I don't know. I was sitting I was sitting on the patio in my uh, hotel room, and I was like, three and a half more weeks. God. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, sir, that's why we just come down to Stills, yeah, have a yeah, couple yeah. frosty beverages, I'm and talk a, MMA. I w- I'm what they call a rookie to the Fight Island game. Well, we're gonna, I'm hey, in week two here. We're going to bring it, man. As as you get settled, you get a little more comfortable, and you're, and you're bored and just want to come talk some MMA, we'll have you come hang out. We'll go. We'll, we'll do a little, uh, what, what do they call it, a, a triple threat match or something? We'll just go all. Triple all, threat. That's, see, I mean, that's For those of you who don't know, John and I talked for pro wrestling for about two and a half hours the other day. We did. And... That like tells you how, how little time, how, how little we have to do here. We talked for about two and a half hours I'm about glad pro wrestling. You, I'm glad you're adding some of it to the lexicon. I told some of our colleagues that 
in the in the business that we've been around enough times. And some of us people are like, oh, how's Abu Dhabi? How's Fadi? I'm like, what if I told you I spent two and a half hours in a bar talking professional wrestling with John Morgan? They'd be like, I probably wouldn't believe you. I was like, <laughs> well, I'm not a liar. So there you go. <laughs> That's good, man. We'll have you on a little bit more uh, over the next couple of weeks, man, if you got time to fit us in. So here's the reason I wanted to bring you in, because obviously Oscar Willis works for the mm-hmm. MacLife.com. I can't even bring up Conor McGregor. He right. can't talk about it. But it's been such a huge story um, that I had to trick him and get him out of here and bring you in so that we could talk about it. Um, man, I mean, listen, it's it's been – it's been dominating the headlines, and and man, you're, you're like me, you know. We we cover the beat. We understand we got to put the headlines out there. But I mean, look, some of it feels real. Some of it doesn't feel real. Some of it is clear posturing. Some of it is clear positioning. And by the way, that comes from both Conor McGregor's position as well as Dana White's position. You know, Dana White knows how to manipulate. You know, the the storylines, the media, and all those things. They both do. So, I guess we'll just start from the top, man. I mean, of all the things that are throwing out there. Is there one part of it that feels the most real? Because, I mean, we're talking about a boxing match with Manny Pacquiao here in the Middle East, right? We're talking about, um, I don't know, I guess we're talking about Diego Sanchez fight. <laughs> I mean, I understand he's saying, listen, it's not fair to say that that's the timing because that was, you know, way back in the day when I brought sure. it up. We're talking about uh, a charity sparring session with Dustin Poirier, which, well, I won't tip my hand on that one yet. A charity sparring session with Dustin Poirier. It sounds like maybe a real fight with Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about the ultimate fighter with Habib, which seems to have been a reality that's that's lost. I mean, there's so many ways to go with this. But out of all these concepts and all these ideas and all these things, I mean, is there any of it that, that you heard and you go, oh, I think that I think that might actually happen? Uh, or, or maybe you thought it all might happen. Maybe he'll do it all. I don't know what to think anymore when Conor McGregor tweets. I feel like he'll tweet something, and then, like, 24 hours he'll change his mind. Or better yet, the tweet will be deleted. So I think we've both been in the beat long enough where I don't know what to believe because I just I don't want to think about someone because, especially in 2020, right. 12 hours oh, from now, it's irrelevant. Yep. It's, like, for all we know. So uh, I think when they tried to when they tried to set up this charity boxing match i think it was a way of connor trying to get a little bit of the power back because i mean we were at the post fight press conference and we're like connor's tweeting and Dana White has a live microphone. I think somebody compared it to like someone heckling a, a stand-up comedian. Like you're yelling at someone with a microphone. Like it's de- it That's never tough. it never works out for you. Like you're gonna look the fool. So I think Dana White was in the driver's seat for a long time, and uh, uh, him saying like, "Oh, I don't, I, I have, I don't know what this Manny Pacquiao thing," which I, I don't honestly believe. I don't know how Conor can have an exhibition match without the UFC right. knowing or at least I, hearing I've, about. Look, it. I've said that too. Like the UFC had, like the Dana 100%. had to know about. It. I was talking to Submission Radio boys the other day, and they kind of made a joke. They were like. Oh, I thought you said Danny Pacquiao. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Manny Pacquiao. Oh, no, no, no. I That's did know hilarious. about Manny Pacquiao. I did know about Manny. Pacquiao. That is hilarious. Yeah. And then when they tried to put this uh, charity sparring match together, I was kind. My first instinct was like, you know what? Good on Connor because, like, what's Dana White going to say? No, we don't want you to t- to spar. Like, we don't want you to donate to charity after sparring. Like, what if he could just be like, well, if I have a fight, I'm just bringing in Dustin Poirier to spar. But here's the thing: is with that. And I actually got into a, a kind of a lengthy conversation with somebody this on Twitter last night. Is is you're right about that? Like, how, how I spar every day or I spar yeah. every week during camp. However, it's even if it's for charity, I believe as soon as you take money for a ticket yeah. or or a donation, as soon yeah. as it's broadcast anywhere, like if it, if you say, yeah, "Hey, fine. we're doing it behind closed doors," like I, I mean, I don't even know yeah. what you would do. I guess it would be like a walkathon or something. Like, hey, bro, yeah, 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 there's yeah. no television, there's no tickets. You just have to trust me when I tell you sure. how many laps I ran or whatever. Like, I mean, as soon as there's $1 changing hands for the ability to watch it live or the ability to watch it on a stream. It, 
at that point, it's a business you're promoting, yeah. even if it's for charity. And I think the USC completely shuts it down. Yeah, I would imagine it, it's it's still the optics would look bad. I guess that was what for I would say. To for the USC down a charity. to shut down a charity event. I, agree. I would understand completely. Like if the UFC came and shut down a sparring match that that, that some sort of inc they were getting getting some sort of monetary gain from, whether it was some charity or not. I wouldn't really like it. Wouldn't surprise me because like it's the UFC is there. Like I know you can't have an exhibition match in their it's in their contracts. Right. It would just optically look bad for the UFC, and I kind of want to say Connor called their bluff maybe or or something like that, where he's like, well, if I'm not having a fight, I'll just spar, and it's for charity. So if you want to take the charity part away, like he knows it will look bad. But he you knows know you have bad. to even no matter it look bad, you know you have to set that precedent right. 100%. Like you can't allow a loophole like that. To oh, like like. One hundred percent, because then if Connor, if they allow Connor to do it, then like John Jones is going to do it. If Francis got, what if, what if all of a sudden Francis is like, you know what? I think I'm going to spar Deontay Wilder for charity, like because you know how much he wants to go into boxing, and then yeah, all of a sudden, he, man. and then like, oh, I I looked good against Deontay Wilder. Maybe I should actually, and then all of a sudden he wants to have a big boxing match because remember when Connor uh, and Floyd. Uh, was made the Nevada State Athletic Commission is like, oh, we signed off on it because other boxers were calling out Connor. Right. So it's like, well, he must be a good fighter. Then he's like, well, he looked good in sparring. Why not sanction that fight? So uh, I think he would open a oh, <laughs> it would open the floodgates. So uh, it's it's a it's it's a lose lose situation I think for the UFC at this point. So what do you, so I guess before we say what do you think is next, let me ask you what you think the relationship is because they are publicly going at it, right? I mean, we saw these. These text messages being posted, or direct messages, mm -hmm. which, by the way, I do find, and I've heard a lot of people say, like, how ridiculous is it that they speak via direct message? By the way, I've heard that for years. I, it used to be Twitter, yeah, and now it's Instagram. The two of the most powerful people right. in the sport right, communicate right. Via, via Instagram direct message, which I think is funny. So I, anyway, well, I'm just glad Dana Wade moved on from a flip phone. That is true. <laughs> I bet he still has one. I bet oh, probably. Uh, so, I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, uh, do you feel like this relationship is, is going in the wrong direction, that it's irreparable, or that that they're going to just stay? Because here's what I did. You know, again, I was talking about the Submission Radio Boys the other day. They brought it up, and they were like, how bad could it get? And that was the way they phrased it. I said, well, it could get really bad. Get like, real bad. both of them have FU money, right? Neither one of them has to have each other. So, if they want to just piss in the wind all day, they can. But I, I get the feeling that it's at least they can salvage this at some point. Oh, 100%. Like, I think it's – they can definitely salvage it. Because even Dana White came out and he, he did an interview with Robbie Barstool. He was like, we offered both of them an actual fight. So, like, they want to spar. Why not have an actual – like make money instead of right. for charity. So uh, if if they're actually having open negotiations with Connor already, you know the relationship is 100% salvageable. This is, but they've argued a million times. Like yeah. Dana White argued. Like remember um, in Boston, we were at the Boston card. Right. Uh, all, like all three of us, me, you, Oscar, and that was the week. Colby said, if Dana White tries to put that belt on me, I'm going to turn around and slap him. Right. This is before I was going And Dana White just goes, yeah, good, good luck with that, buddy. Right. He's got a big mouth. And then they don't shake hands, all this beef. And now they're all of a sudden taking photos with President Trump. They're like <laughs> hot, they're like dapping it up and everything. So it's like anything is salvageable. So anything is salvageable. Any relationship is salvageable. Colby and Ali, you're kicking it over there. The Dude, did you – that was the most – that was the most <laughs> – if we're talking about what's unbelievable and what's believable, that was the most unbelievable Dude, thing I've seen. I tell you, man, I, I'm sure you're not an avid reader of MMA Junkie, but when I when I when I saw that photo, like I, I had to put up a post right away. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. it gave us this amazing, like this I is asked the greatest him. Photo I asked him at time. the I asked him at the at the pre-fight uh, quote unquote scrum that him that he did, and he's like, 
Yeah, he he knew he, he didn't talk to me. He knew he knows what'll happen yeah. if he talks to me. <laughs> so like, funny. All right, all, right, all right, so what do you think he's moving for? So I mean, uh as you said, Dana White came out and said, Hey, listen, uh I have I've offered this fight. Um I've offered, you know, Connor and Dustin to fight. Do you think that's do you think that's the what in what we end up getting out of this? Um of all possible or or, or is this Manny Pacquiao thing still real? <sighs> is this is this I, I'm gonna say this. I am I'm, I'm taking this one off the table. The sparring thing in the, or the the charity boxing that that is not going to happen. I understand. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. no way in a million years that's going. I think the Manny Pacquiao thing could happen. Now yeah. I know that sounds stupid because I for I don't know a good year and a half said, oh this Mayweather thing is so dumb, and then it <laughs> happened. I'm like ah sorry, just kidding. It was uh it's amazing. So I think it could happen. Um, I'll be honest, I don't want to see it. I could care less about right. seeing him box Pacquiao, but it could happen. So I'll throw that one out as reality. Uh, then we'll, we know the Poirier fight's on the table. Right. And then, of course, I guess any other UFC fight is technically on the table, right? I mean, he's yeah. under UFC contract. So, Pacquiao, Poirier, or do you see another fight? Uh, I th- of all possible scenarios, I now think the Poirier fight's the most logical and the one that will probably – I don't know if it happens because it's such a weird – like, I can't e- – I still can't imagine Conor fighting in front of no fans. Like, that's 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 bizarre, too. <sighs> that's like, point too but man. of any – all those scenarios, I think the Poirier fight happens – is the most likely to happen considering Dana White's already publicly said – I've offered the fight. Right. What was it like two days ago? Yep. Less than a day ago. And Poirier tweeted, "I accept." So, right. of all possible scenarios, I think that's the one that will most likely happen, and I'm fine with it. Like, if I had to pick, that'd be the one I would pick. I agree. I don't want. I would probably. I would rather watch a sparring match with Conor Poirier than Conor box Manny Pacquiao <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, it's hard for me to disagree with that. I mean, it's hard for me to disagree with that. I mean, now, are we I, talking about like? Like full-on smoker type of sparring? Are we talking about like, hey, we're going 50% sparring? What, what type of sparring are we talking about here? I mean, I it, I'm weird, and I love watching. I'll watch Connor. I'll pay five dollars to Connor hit see Connor hit Pats. <laughs> I'll pay I'll pay three dollars to watch Justin Poirier like grapple you like just do grappling practice like practice. Like I'm a weirdo like that. Like me and my cameraman Casey Lydon, like one of our favorite days of the week when they used to have it was open workouts. Right. Because I just like watching professional fighters. Do their thing That's in like a funny. comfortable environment. So, uh, if they want to go like hard in the paint, like Connor and Pauli Malinaji did, I would, I would not hate it. But I would much rather watch an actual fight. Wow, when you bring it up like that, like who wouldn't pay to watch that fight? That's what right? I'm saying. The, the, like the sparring session with Like, like if it's like the them, if it's Connor's like if they're peaking and right. everything. So it's like it's, so so it have to be like dress rehearsal basically. Yeah, yeah. You, like you walk in from one side, he walks in. But we have yeah. we have a referee that. Technically, isn't the referee, yeah, but, but yeah, we're yeah. making it look like they the bring, referee. They bring someone in, so like so it's a mock fight, if you would, and so like or like in. I'll uh, take that over Pacquiao. Now, 100%. being clear that that will never happen, right. but I would take that over a Pacquiao fight. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm not gonna be on here and say I wouldn't watch Conor box. Oh, of course, we watch it. Yeah, yeah I'm but not like that guy. I also think Manny Pacquiao would smush Conor. I think he would. I think he's just a he's just another beast entirely. I think Floyd Mayweather is the best boxer of our generation. Any he, he makes anyone look bad. Right. Um, but I think. Manny Pacquiao, like that fight he had against Thurman, yep. I thought Thurman was gonna just run through Manny too. Pacquiao, and he just cooked him. I did so too. I think I think Manny Pacquiao is entirely another beast altogether. I also don't think Conor beats any top elite boxer in the world, especially in boxing. And He's, that's no disrespect to no. him. No. I mean, it's one thing like, dude, he would beat a lot of boxers. Yes, a lot of boxers. Yes, just not. The best of the best. People of the are best. like, oh, Connor's zero and two. We're like, yeah, but look who he lost to. I know. It's like when people. I'm not comparing their their skills, but like people are like, oh, Felicia Spencer. Like, oh, she's not that great. I'm like, who is she lost to? Cyborg, 
and Amanda Nunes. Not bad. It's not a bad. Not bad. Beat everyone else except the two greatest female fighters of all time. So if Conor goes 0-2 against the two greatest boxers of my lifetime, I'm not going to say he's a bad boxer. I dig it, man. Well, listen, you brought up uh, you brought up Casey. Uh, you want to bring up Esther just real quick? I mean, it's not. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I, I know it, you kind of gave an official bye-bye on, yeah. on, on your own channel, but uh, I'm sure to, to listeners of this show and, and MMA junkie listeners and, and all that, I mean, listen, it's funny. Like, like junkie and fighting have, you know, a rivalry healthy of, of rivalry. sorts. Yeah, it's a healthy rivalry, man. I think that's what people understand. We, we don't go out of our way to mention each other. We don't go out of our way. But I, behind the scenes, if, if we want to pull back the curtain a sure. little bit, we're all there for each other, 100%. man. Like, we're, we're working in the trenches together. And, you know, certain things happen. Like, ah, oh, damn, uh, my, my battery malfunctioned, my, my, yeah. my memory card malfunctioned, 100%. my whatever. Like, oh, hold on, bro. I got a, I got a backup piece of gear I'll give to you. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, I always say is like, look, I'm, I'll be honest. If you're not there, I'm not sending you anything. Oh, no. I know but, what I ask or expect. Right. But if you're there, and, and I know it's this way for all of us. I mean, I know that, like, between Casey, Esther, you, me, hell, let's throw Oscar in there, Kenny. Yeah. We've all helped each other in some yeah. way where, like, something happened, something didn't work. We've had a tech issue. And rather than having – for any of us having to go to our boss and be like, dude, I'm so sorry. I don't have this piece of audio, piece of video, yeah. piece of whatever. We just go, bro, here, take this. You'll get me yeah. back at some point. So – Behind the scenes, even though the rivalry out front may seem harsher than it is, it's not. And um, I'll just say, man, I, I hate to see Esther go, man. I, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, very, very talented and been around the game for a long time. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not nearly as close to her as you or anybody else on your staff is, um, but just always seemed like a, like, like a great human being to me. And now yeah. she's, she's walking away to – I mean, good for her, though. She's walking away to pursue some other passions. She's been in a tough spot, right, as a, as a combat sports photographer – uh, the coronavirus has not been good, so I don't know. I just, I, I guess, since you're here and, and you brought up Casey, I, I would be remiss not to bring up Esther and, and, and get your thoughts on, on kind of her walking away. Yeah, it's hard. I like. I think you said it best. Like, we have a rivalry, but I also think like we're we're always trying to outdo one another. But it's like a healthy rivalry. Like, oh, you break this news, we're gonna break this news. Oh, you're doing, you're shooting in 4K. Now we're gonna shoot in 4K. Right. So it's just, it's we we elevate each other at this point. But I think Esther is one of those rare people in any industry with rivals like it could be like coke and pepsi or like uh like any 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 aspect of business where it's ford versus ferrari on the way over ford here. That's a, it's a good movie 10 out of 10 i don't even like cars and i, I like don't like cars movie. either it's a good movie so but esther is one of those rare occasions where every single person in the business likes it Absolutely. no one it's dislikes it it's a good point like man. even fighters like like i like like john jones can be a, a little standoffish sometimes. Cantankerous at times. Yes, a little bit or, you know, untrusting whatsoever. But I remember UFC two thirty nine media day before it's Jago Santos who was in the lobby of the, the T Mobile Arena and she was like, Hey John, can uh, I do the portraits? Like, cause you know she does the, the fighter portraits in media and John's like hundred percent where you want to do it. And she's like, uh, let's go do it on this by the elevator. And John did a full on like photo spread for Esther. Really? So it's like John like there are there is no person in this game that doesn't not only like respect Esther, but they just like her. Like yep. she's so, she's she, and it's also hard to say. Like there's, it's hard to say there's a consensus greatest of all time in anything. It's hard to argue that anyone is better than Esther at photographing mixed martial arts. Maybe all combat. Sports. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, listen. I, I mean, we have some very talented 100%. photographers that work for us as well. But I, I will say this: when you talk about somebody that has done it for as long as she has. And when you cross over between uh, mixed martial arts and boxing yeah. as well. So I, I would definitely agree with that. And I, I think the biggest thing is with her is that, 
I mean, listen, uh, as technology gets good, yeah. as all I mean, all these things help. But her sense of where to be yeah. and the fact that she's a little tiny person that can squeeze in between, you know, obviously yeah. the, the, uh, the, the famous shot of, of her, her on uh, up on the gym the at the yeah. PI and stuff like that. I mean, she, I mean, the fact that she knows she can kind of squeeze in between people, move yep. places, that's what I mean. She has a great sense of where to be. And, uh, yeah, man, she's, she's going to be missed. And, yeah. I, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe – Life will change a year or two from now, and she'll come back. Because I don't think it's like she's a, hey, by the way, I walked away, and I also, you know, uh, office space or uh, what was the point where they just – not office space. Uh, the office where they just destroyed all, like, the, the, the computers and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I'm talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about. It's not like she smashed all her gear no, or anything she, like that. The, the bridge is still there. I think yeah. it's, like you said it best, like, what can a photographer do if there's nothing to photograph? And, like, she took a little vacation a couple months ago to Montana, and she was like, man, I don't think I've shot anything in, like, a couple since the since the pandemic hit. So yeah. uh, she was taking advantage of that. She's – anyone that's watched our timelines, uh, she's the voiceover art, artist sure. for that, too, and she's now pursuing a career in voiceover art. She wants to – She but, like, when I say voiceover art, people think she wants to do, like, animated TV shows yeah, and, like, yeah. She wants to be like the like the if you put the headphones on like the museum, right? So it's like let and like let me tell you about this work of art in front of you, or like we're gonna read it makes a book. It very calm, soothing voice. Or like these head these amazing headphones you have. If I didn't know how to use them and I wanted an audio tutorial, then Esther could. Like she wants to do that kind of stuff. So it, she wants to teach. Did it get brought up in the sense of timing of her walking away? That like the last thing she shot was Israel Adesanya, and she walked away right after Israel Adesanya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was mentioned as like kind of like a joke, but honestly, like I, I we get her photographs immediately after, and for whatever that fight was, she managed to make that fight look like a fight of the year. <laughs> like she was, she got the. You know, remember when Yoel Romero like got in his face and was screaming? She got like the sweat coming out of his mouth. He, she got that leg kick where Romero's like leg slipped in the air. He got, they got, she got them pointing at each other. Like for what she can make any fight look like a million bucks. <laughs> and let's also not forget the last female fight she photoed was Yoani and Jacek and Wiley Zhang. Wow. So it's like what better legacy. way? What better what, what better way to go out than that? That's a great legacy. Cool, man. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you slipping in here at the end. Before, uh, before we sign off, though, yeah. do you have a favorite Esther photo? We were all kind of trying to no. share I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say no only because I would always see them and always go, nice, but I just file them away because, look, that's the competition. It and is. It's healthy. It is. But I go, I go, man, that's a nice photo. And then that's I go, nice block it out. There you go. Block it out. It's man. so good you got to block it out. That's it. I'm just I like, you know what? that. That's how we do. That's like, very, that is know, a fair answer. You acknowledge, but you go, mm, 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 nah, junkie baby, we right here. It's like when you put uh, Abby over in the UK puts uh, video packages together for you. I'm just like, that's cool. I'm never gonna watch it again though. That's and, like, it. That's I the get best. It. And uh, honestly, that's like the best compliment you can that's get. That's it, man. You go, uh huh. I'm out. It's <laughs> that like I'll see his video package. I'm like, wow, this makes me like angry because <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the so best. You get it. You see what I'm saying? Just like, mm, no, I'm out. Mm, yeah, yeah, not focus yeah. on that. Well, well, but well, I, but I will not try to pretend like she is not incredibly skilled and just an incredibly nice person, man. She is. So, brother, I appreciate you slipping down here. We yeah, got to go man. catch up with Oscar because I lied to him and told him we were done and that I'd go meet him for a drink <laughs> afterwards. So let's go do that. And uh, yeah, you're going to be here for the next three and a half weeks. Maybe we'll do this once or twice more along the way. I'm down, man. Anytime we can, the worlds can collide, I'm in. The worlds can collide. Much respect, brother. For everybody else, thanks for listening. Thank you.